congregation doesn't say the first line with the with the Chazan, but they are just quiet and tune into what the Chazan is saying until he reaches the next line, the Kedusha. And then they respond, It's best to have your feet together when he when one recites Kedusha with Chazan. And one should raise one's eyes heavenward when one recites Kedusha. And you move your body about and raise it up from the ground. One shouldn't speak in the middle of Kedusha. One who had recited the order of the Kedusha and comes to Shul to find the Tzibur responding Kedusha, he should once again recite Kedusha, even if he's already said it at an early minion. The law of a Chazan who erred. If a chazan erred and skipped any of the brachas, and when they remind him, he knows how to go back to his place, and Masalkano, so we don't remove him from the Ahmed. If he skipped the bracha of La Malshinim, then we remove him immediately. Because maybe he's a heretic. But if he began it, but just erred, we don't remove him. Base. A chazan who erred and doesn't know how to return to the right place. When we place somebody in his stead, and he begins from the bracha that the other fellow erred. If the error was in the middle, if it was during the first three brachas, he needs to go right back to the beginning. And if it's during the last three brachas, he goes back to his say. Any place where a an individual needs to redaven, a chazan would have to redaven. If he made the same error as an individual would when he's davening out loud. That if the chazan forgot to mention Yalav Yava until he completed, completed his tefillah, we don't make him go back because of the burden on the congregation. Because he still has Musaf to go where he will mention But if you remember before he completed his tefillah, then he goes back to it and that's not too much of a burden on the congregation. If he erred in Shachris, it's the same din as Rosh because again, there's a Musaf and this is the minute. When if the Shteh Sibur made an error when he was davening his quiet he never goes back and davens a second quiet because that would be too much of a burden on the congregation. Rather, he relies on the Tfilah that he will daven out loud as long as he didn't make an error in the first three brachas because if he erred in those he must always go back just like an individual goes back. Simon Kufchav sein Din Modem Rabbanon Vobes Ephem, the laws of the rabbis Modem. When the Chazan reaches Modim, the congregation bows along with him. They don't bow too much. For Emrim, they say Modem and Achmelach, Shatuha Shamalakin, Oke Bosa, Vachulu, and they say the Modem Rabbanon Vachos and Baruch El Hoda Ois, and that's how they conclude. Below Haskar Sashem without God's name. Some say that one also needs to bow at the end, and ideally that's one that's what one should do. Says the Ramah Yesharim, some say Some say that the entire paragraph should be recited in a bowed manner, and that's the minak. Base. If there are no kainim, then the chazan says, 
The, the congregation doesn't answer Amen to the priestly blessings of the Chazan, but instead they say Ken Yeratzin. The only time we say is on a on an occasion that one that it's fitting to recite Bukhaz Kainim and to Dukhan. And we're accustomed to recite Shachris Sim Shalem. And we also say Simshalom any time that we say the Elokeinu. But if we're not doing the priestly blessing, then we begin the final bracha with Shalom Rav. And some begin Simshalom on Mincha of Shabbos. Since it says in that extended version, with the light of your face, you have given to us Yehiyah Torah, which is the Torah Mincha of Shabbos that we read in, on, during Mincha on Shabbos. The laws of Duchening and Tachnon. The laws of Duchening and which things would invalidate a Kohen. We only Duchen with a Minion, and the Kohenim count. And a non Kohen should never Duchen, even alongside other Kohenim. Base. Any Kohen that does not have an imp- if he doesn't go up to Duchen, even though he negated a single positive commandment, it's as if he transgresses three positive commandments. When, if he was unsure when they called the Kohenim, or if they asked him to go up or to wash his hands. If he'd already Duchen today, he no longer goes up. Even if they said to him, go up. If the Kohenim don't want to go up to the Duchen, they don't need to wait outside Shul for the entire duration of the Duchen. It's only during the time that the Chazan calls out Kohenim. But, so that people won't say that they're in any way stained and unable to Duchen, the custom is that they don't enter Shul until the entire Bechus Kainim is completed. Hey, Kainim shouldn't go up to Duchen in shoes. But they can wear socks. If they are leather. And in some places, they are accustomed to be lenient. Even though the Kainim already washed Negevahs in the morning, they wash their hands again up to the wrist, which is the connection between the hand and the arm, and the Levi pours the water over their hands. And before that, the Levi should wash his own hands. Says the Ramah, and the custom is not for the Levi to wash their hands first, rather they rely on their Negevahs from the morning. Zion. If the Kayan washed his hands in the morning and made bracha until the Shadim, he doesn't make another bracha when he washes his hands for Duchening. When the Shlech Tibur begins, every Kayan in Shul removes himself from his place to go up to Duchen. And even if he won't reach there until the Shlech Tibur concludes, that's fine. But if he didn't remove himself from his place, he may no longer go up. Tess. When the Kohenim uproot themselves to go up to the Duchen, they say, May it be your will, Hashem, our God, that this bracha that you have commanded us to bless your people Israel should be a complete 
bracha. And there should be no stumbling or sin from now and forever. And they lengthen this bracha until the amen of Hatev Shimcha is concluded from the mouth of the congregation. They stand at the Duchem with their face to the Ark and their backs to the people. And their fingers are closed inside their palms. Until the Shliach Sibur concludes Moedim. And then if there are two, the, the Shliach Sibur calls out to them Koanim. Says and he doesn't say the introductory line. Some say that he does say it quietly until the word Kohanim. And then he says Kohanim out loud. And then he repeats and says, He says that quietly. And this is the Minog in our countries. Continues and then they turn around towards the people. There's only one Kohen, we don't call him Elohim, but he simply proceeds on his own. When they turn their face towards the people, they make the bracha. They lift their hands uh, corresponding to their shoulders. And they lift up the right hand a little higher than the left. And they spread out their hands and divide their fingers. And they have in mind to make five spaces. Between two fingers and two fingers, one space. And between the finger and the thumb. And between the two thumbs. And they spread out their hands so that the palms of the hands should be opposite the earth, and the backs of the hands should be opposite the, the heaven. The Koranim begin to say, and some say that also the word the chazan should call out first. And this is our in all of these countries. And afterwards, the Shlir leads them word by word. And they respond to him word by word. Until they complete the first Pasuk. And then the congregation responds Amen. And the same thing goes after the second Pasuk and the third Pasuk. We only make the bracha in Hebrew of Amida standing on Sias Kapaim and lifting up the hands of a curled ram and out loud. Afterwards, the Chazan begins Tim Shalom, and then the Kohanim turn their faces back towards the Ark for Omrim, and they say, Master of the universe, we did that which you decreed upon us. Now you do what you have promised. Look down from your holy abode from heaven and bless your people Israel. Says Ramah. And they should extend this prayer until the concludes so that the congregation can answer Amen to both the Kohanim and the Shlech Sibur at once. And if they cannot extend it that much, they should say, the Kohanim should not turn their faces away until the Chazim begins Simshalom. And they cannot uh, fold their fingers 
until they turn their faces for Emnim Sham and they stay there for Lakim Sham and they cannot uproot themselves from there. As she is time to leave some Shalom until the Shleach Tzibur concludes some Shalom. Yes, Mishra Emer some say she is frequently hamdin as she is time to leave Tzibur lanes amen after Berachas Sim Shalom that they should wait until the congregation concludes the recitation of Amen after Sim Shalom. Mechenem Minigan that's the custom. When they turn their faces, whether the beginning or end of the Duchening, they should turn to the right only. When they come down from the Duchen, they shouldn't touch their dirty shoes. And if they do touch them, they need to wash their hands in order to daven after that. The one who is calling upon the Kohanim is not allowed to call Kohanim until the congregation has concluded their Amen that they're reciting after Modem. And the Kohanim cannot begin their bracha until the announcement of Kohanim is done, is made by the Chazim. And after the Kohanim made the bracha, they should not begin after their bracha. They shouldn't begin the Yivarecha until the entire congregation concludes their Amen. That they respond to the bracha. They shouldn't start any word until they've heard that word completed from the Chazan. When it's Yivarecha Amen and the congregation doesn't answer Amen until the bracha is concluded from the Kohanim. Of each verse. And the Kohanim shouldn't begin the after prayer postscript until the Amen is concluded of the third verse from the congregation. The Chazan may not answer Amen after the Bracha of the Kohanim. If the chazan is a koin, if there are other koinim, he shouldn't do him because he's in the middle of his repetition. We don't tell him to go up or to wash his hands. But if they did say, then he needs to go up to whoever, because he'll transgress a positive karma if he doesn't go up. Continues And even if he's the only Kohen in the room, he should only if he is absolutely certain that he'll be able to return to his Tefillah to Sim Shalom without getting confused. If he is certain of that, then in that case, he should Duchan so that they don't miss out on the Duchaning. So what does he do? So he moves his feet, uproots them a little when he gets to Ritzei, and then he completes the bracha of Hatav Shimcha, and then he goes up to Duchen, and he recites and someone else should call out him, and then the Chazan concludes, and if the one who was calling uh, focused on the tefillah of the Shleach Sibur from the beginning to the end, then it's better that the person who was calling out should kind of take over and recite Sim Shalom out loud. The Kohenim should not sing for the priestly blessing two or three Nigunim because there's a concern that maybe they'll get confused. Rather, they should stick to the one tune from the beginning to end. We strive to have the one who is calling out be a Yisrael. And if the Chazan is the Kohen, then a Yisrael should stand next to him and call out Kohenim. And the Chazan stays and is quiet. 
When the Kohanim are blessing the people, they shouldn't look and they shouldn't remove their focus. But their faces, their eyes should be towards the ground as if they're standing davening. And the people should listen to the bracha. But they should be facing towards the Kohanim. But they shouldn't look at them. Says the Ramah. Also, the Kohanim should not look at their hands. Therefore, we have a minute to cover the talus over their faces. And their hands go outside the talus. In some places, they keep their hands inside the talus in order that the people should not look at their hands. People standing behind the Kohenim aren't included in the bracha. But in front of them or to their sides, even an iron wall would not separate. And also those standing behind them, if they're forced, could go in Amshabasados like the people in the field, that they are busy with the work and they can't come to Shul, they're included in the Bracha. A Shul full of Kohanim, if they only have a minion, they all go up to Duchen. Who are they making the bracha over? To their brethren in the fields. And who responds amen to them? The women and the children. If they have more than a minion, the extras over and above the tent should go up and make the bracha. And the minion should be in the congregation to answer amen. At the time that they are making the bracha, one shouldn't recite any pasuk, but one should remain quiet and tune in to the bracha. Nowadays, the Kohenim lengthen their duchening with singing. As we, recited, as we mentioned above concerning Baruch, but better not to say those verses. A Kohen cannot add extra material over and above the three psukim of the priestly blessing. If he did add over Abal Tosif, he has transgressed not to add. A Kohen who was duchening and then he, once he'd already duchened, he went to another shul and he found a congregation that had not yet reached duchening. He's allowed to duchen a second time. If a Kohen didn't yet daven, he found the congregation davening. He can duchen despite the fact that he is not yet davened. One who has a blemish on his hands or on his face. Uh, like they are, have white spots, or they're bent out of shape, or he can't divide his fingers. Lo says Kapov, he should not duchen, because the people stare at him. Similarly, one who has blemishes on his legs, in a place where they go up to the duchen without wearing socks. Also, a person whose saliva drips onto their beard, or their eyes um, have a lot of tears. Also someone who is blind in one eye. If he was well known in the city, meaning to say that they are accustomed to him and everybody knows everyone knows that he has that blemish. Even if he is blind in two eyes. And anyone who has spent 30 days in the city is known is called known in the city. That's only in his city. But if he goes temporarily to another city, and he happened to stay there 30 days, that doesn't count. 
Even if he didn't come to dwell there and be a member of the city, but he just came to be a teacher or a surfer or an attendant for a year or half a year, once he's reached his 30 days, he's considered known in that city. If the custom of the place is that the Kohenim place the talus over their eyes, over their faces, even if he has on his face and his hands various blemishes, he can still do it. It's only if his hands were with inside the talus. But if they're outside, then the talus doesn't help for his hands. If his hands were colored with all sorts of dyes, he shouldn't do them because the people will stare at them. If most of the city is engaged in that kind of work, then he can uh, do them. Someone who doesn't know how to pronounce the letters. Like he says for an aleph, an ayin, or ayin alfin, or vice versa, and the like. Lo yisus kapov shouldn't dochen. Lamed dalid cotton shloi hebi shdei saris. A child who didn't reach puberty in a nesus kapov in a nesus kapov b'pnei atmei klal cannot dochen alone. Avalim koenim shem dolem, but alongside koenim uh, who are adults, nesus lil mod elis chanich he can dochen to learn and to be educated. One who has reached puberty can duchen even alone. And that's only from time to time, but not permanently until his beard has come in. Which from that point on, he can duchen uh, permanently even by himself. And anyone who's reached the age that uh, his beard should have come in, even though it didn't, we call him one who is bearded. A Kohen who had killed someone, even by accident, shouldn't do it even if he did tshuva. If he did tshuva, he can do it. And we should be lenient with Bali tshuva in order not to shut the door on them. Someone who gave a brist to a child who died, he can nonetheless do it. If the people mock him or murmur about him that he is a murderer since the matter wasn't investigated he can someone who is a heretic for idolatry shouldn't do some say if he did he could do that's the law if he was forced to deliver everyone agrees that he can do if he drank a revius of wine in one shot he shouldn't do if he drank it in two parts or he diluted it a little with water, mutter he made dochen. If he drank more than revius, even though it's diluted, even if he drank it in many separate shots, love, uh, he shouldn't dochen until his wine has departed from him. If he didn't have any impeding factors for dochening, even though he is not so from people murmur about him. He can dochen. That other virus do not impede duchening. Mem. Kohen shenasa grusha. A kohen who married a divorcee, lo yisus kapov, shouldn't duchem. And nogen bo kedusha fil likris b'tarishon. And we don't give him any holy privileges, even to be called to the Torah first. Fil gerisha oimesa. And even if he subsequently divorced her, she died. Apostle. He is invalid. That she yidah no al das rabim until he swears publicly, ma nashim shu asabahem, that he will not uh, engage with women who are forbidden to him. Mem aluf. 
If he became defiled, impure, to a body, to a corpse that isn't one of his seven mitzvah loved ones, he is invalid to Duchen and any of the privileges of Kona until he does Tshuva and accepts that he will not defile himself to, to the dead. Says the Some say that one who has a daughter who went off to uh, worship idols, or she was immoral, we are no longer required to sanctify him with the privileges because uh, her father she has defiled. The offspring of a Kohen and someone who he is not allowed to marry may not duchen.